I'm still laughing from this movie that I've just finished watching called The Big Year. It's a 2000, I want to say, I better check my facts. I've been getting this, I get, I get too many things wrong when I do these podcasts because I'm not actually a scrutinizer of notes and such, but I should be, and I'm going to amend these things starting now. The Big Year is a film from 2011 starring Jack Black, Owen Wilson, and Steve Martin, and it's it's a lark, no pun intended. It's a fun little movie. Um, it's nice. It's a nice little comedy, and it's about birders, which are bird watchers, which are nerds. They're bird nerds, and I get such a kick out of watching stories about nerds, I think. Not the actual nerdy stuff itself, like, I don't care at all about all the different species of birds and how this game is tracked you know like apparently like if you're doing a big year in the bird watching community you just have to like note what birds you've seen or heard you don't have to take pictures or anything like that and you know there are so many various species of birds and What I find fun and fascinating is just how many things there are in the world to get nerdy about. And they're all so random, aren't they? I mean, birds, for crying out loud. I mean, I like birds. Who doesn't? I love seabirds specifically, soaring over the ocean. It'll always get me to see a bird in flight. And as a photographer, it's a genre of wildlife photography and action photography to capture birds in flight but to me as an artist I like to see the sky it's more about the sky and birds flying through it but for some it's about the detail and the freezing of the motion of the actual bird and its wingspan and you know the plumage and the colors and all the stuff about birds which I don't really care about I just care about the majesty of soaring through the air. And when I'm watching this movie and these fun guys who are just so into this concept of birding, I I feel their joy, even though they lose me with the specifics, they get so into their goal and they have such a clear goal, which is already kind of exciting and interesting and motivating and inspiring and I can't help but think about my brother Phil who is not a birder himself either but him and I both think about travels in similar ways and as a traveler I can get a little nerdy I know geography I can care about distinctions of countries and principalities and you know dependencies and what what have you and when I travel kind of like a birder I like to tick things off of a list you know so everything in the world can get a little too nerdy and it can be a bad look right I know that like with my dad I'm visiting him and He's really into politics, and I'm recording this at the time of the Democratic primaries of 2020, and Joe Biden is surging, and Bernie is slipping, and Elizabeth Warren is dropping out, and 
I, I ask him, so what do you think about all this? And immediately he goes into really nerdy political talk, you know, about how somebody gave a speech and it really shifted the momentum for Biden and everybody's talking about it and all the pundits are, you know, prognosticating. And I just think, who cares? I don't care about any of that. I just care about who might beat Trump and what the Democratic Party might be planning in order to beat Trump, because that's the goal. I mean, Bernie and Biden are quite different, but also quite similar. They're both really old. And that's the biggest knock against both of them, I think. But yeah, I just find it so funny when people get nerdy about anything. And that this movie just happens to be about birds, but it could be about Star Wars or Star Trek or card collecting or coin collecting or plants, you know? Uh, I think everybody has their own soft spot for something that they get really nerdy about. And I like that. I think it's really fun and amusing. And I don't even, I'm not even making fun of it. I don't even mock it per se, though I roll my eyes plenty. I also get nerdy about cameras and countries and films and history and stuff like this. So I get it. I think it's just this part of our brain that we just love to scratch. And it's not in everybody, this itch. I kind of wish that I didn't have any of these kind of itches where, you know, after this movie is finished, I'm like looking up what it's based on and who these birders are in real life and how, like what the film changed. And it's fun to go down that like Wikipedia rabbit hole and check out like the authenticity and the details and the actual history. But who would have thought that I'd be talking about somebody called Sandy Comito who set the birding record in North America at 740-something bird species. You know, like, <laughs> what a useless fact. And the movie plays with that because it's like, you know, one of the guys... Like, I think the cool thing about this movie, and let's put aside that this is a podcast about this random 2011 comedy, but it's about these three men who all are different archetypes of men. You know, you have like the best birder in the world who like has the reputation and has the skills and has the resources and sacrifices what he has to sacrifice to be the best, you know, like that kind of guy. And then you have like the old timer uh, business mogul who is a hobbyist weekender in this kind of nerd scene and wants to really give it his go and make a name for himself and prove to himself what he can do and that. And then you have the point of view of the person who's actually telling the story, the narrator, who is like this kind of down and out, uh, chubby, kind of, you know, close with his mom, not so much his dad, single, this kind of type, right? Who is just like all in, He's a real nerd. He just loves birds and birding and knows all the calls and all this. And all three of them competing against each other, it doesn't matter what they're competing for. You know, it's just fun and interesting to get into their human stories. And I guess that's what makes it a comedy and makes it so nice. Never mind that they get into all these, like, species. The movie, fortunately, doesn't, like, harp on any 
really esoteric knowledge of like the differences of these species and birds and all this like the taxonomy of biology just doesn't even make sense you know i mean how many possible kinds of birds can there be right there's flamingos there's penguins there's seabirds there's songbirds there's birds of prey but i mean come on (laughs) i don't know i guess that's me like i think that people get a little too into specifying every single thing and we can reduce everything to an individual level right if you're a coin collector you can like i don't know seek out the 1911 lincoln penny because it was whatever you know (laughs) and it might be worth like way more money than it should be worth and people are willing to pay that and there's this whole mythology around it and i guess that's cool i guess i mean it's it's so nerdy, right? But you probably have a nerdy thing too that you care about, that you might care about too much, let's say, or that your friends or lovers start rolling their eyes and like plugging their ears when you start getting into it. I know people around me that do that, that's for sure. And I just think it's so funny that people get into things to that degree where they just care, you know? But I find it endearing, I guess. That's what makes me smile and think about my brother and his quest to visit first every U.S. state, then every U.S. capital, then every U.S. national forest, and then every U.S. territory and each national park there. And it just makes me think you got to have a goal in life. You know, you got to have something that excites you and quote gets you out of bed in the morning and i'm like that with cataloging my life obsessively with photographs i like to take pictures of everything i like to sneak pictures where i'm not allowed to take pictures i like to remember important moments in my life by capturing them and then knowing that i can look back on them because i know already through my younger years that the memory fades and there are huge gaps in my mind that I don't have pictures for. And those years are gone. Those days are gone. Those moments are gone. And it hurts me a bit to know that. So I want to actually capture everything so that I can remember it one day. And I I think that my nerdy self will be some old man just organizing photographs, you know? Like that's the thing I collect whenever I travel. And somehow that's what I end up caring about for some reason. And I just find it really interesting if I meet somebody, what gets to them? How does their brain work? What do they think about? How do they spend their days in their minds, right? And most of us make our our living or our work around that kind of esoteric knowledge, right? I mean, I think about the office and selling paper. You have to be a real paper nerd to sell paper, don't you? Because you have to know all the differences in, in shades of white and thickness and weight and whatever, right? And nobody needs that information except for you and the person you're selling it to. And everything is like that, right? The law is like that. Medicine is definitely like that. But even, you know, plumbing is probably like that and any hardware stuff is like that. And I think we value people with such detailed knowledge of anything but there's the stuff that society values which is 
professions work based around that kind of knowledge, the knowledge you have to really study for and perhaps deeply understand like the human body. And then if you can become expert in the human body, society rewards you for that, which makes sense. But bird watching, society does not actually care about. There's no professional bird watchers, not really. And you know, I actually I don't know this world, but I'm sure it has its magazines. I'm sure that you can get endorsement deals, but not on the level of like a footballer, right? So I just think it's funny that I actually think it's a little sad and unfortunate that some of us are burdened with interests that are just so not mainstream, you know? It's almost like sexual interests. There's mainstream sexual interests that we can all find easily online. And then there's esoteric, weird fetishes that they're weird because we all kind of cringe at them and judge them and they can get really out of hand and dangerous, right? And I'm very thankful that I'm not burdened with such an interest. But hobbies are like that too. Like, who the hell would choose birding as a hobby knowing that there's just nothing in it in terms of what society values? There's no money. There's no, I mean, I guess there might be groupies. Maybe. (laughs) But probably not, right? Not to the same level as, again, a footballer. So... I just think it's funny what people get interested in and I kind of wish that we could actually choose what we're interested in, but I don't think we can. I don't think we have the free will to choose our interests. I think our interests choose us, fundamentally speaking, and I guess there's a beauty to that, you know? I think if you're on a first date, for instance, or catching up with an old friend, and you're really thinking about your life and what you care about, you can give in to this really almost magical sense of the universe flowing through you when you talk about your interests. Because it's not even a personal obsession. It's more of like a platonic idea of something so specific that finds its way into you and your body and you live it and give it life when you speak and share it and i love that i love that i i can i can imagine falling in love with the mind that's so open to such specific esoteric interests even if I fail to be interested in it I think that's so interesting (sighs) I'm feeling pensive I'm feeling ponderous I'm feeling good and open to whatever the world offers me And it offers so many things as I'm looking around this house I'm sitting in. You know, there are walls, there are lights, there's furniture, there's media, there are windows. Outside the windows are trees. The sun is setting. This guy's actually looking right nice at the moment. 
And any of those things can be its own Wikipedia rabbit hole. Any of those things. I could just look at anything in this room and think, who made that chair? Who are chair designers? What are the philosophies behind chair design? Most chairs I sit in aren't perfect. Most are good enough. What drives somebody to make the perfect chair? What are the variables? How much cost is it worth to sit perfectly? You know? And then what makes you think about that again and again and again and again all the time until it happens? When there's also beds. Why would you not be thinking about beds instead? Right? If you're in a chair, you have to be doing something. You're probably at a desk or a table. Why not think about those? Or what's on the table, like your laptop? Why not think about laptops and computing? Why not think about what's inside the laptop and how it's actually delivering the information? Or why not think about the information itself? There's so many, so, so, so many infinite, probably, things to care about. And it's, it's almost insane <laughs> what any one individual happens to care about in the end. I think that's also just the beauty of people and why it's so fun to be around each other and talk. Because there's just no way to run a simulation in that way, right? I, I mean, we try, video games try, and, you know, maybe we're in a matrix. But basically, everything bouncing around in my head faces off against you and everything bouncing around in your head. And somehow we're able to cohabitate, share space, and even make plans and build things and make memories. And that's really something when... All you care about are birds, <laughs> and all I care about are cats, you know, for instance. It's really funny to me. Well, this is a short one, just a little meandering episode on nerddom, birding, and the infinite intricacies in our own personal interests. Until next time. Ciao.